0: the jazz take the court in the nba playoffs you'll hear every moment on the zone this is the big show with gordon monson and jake scott on 975-1280 the zone and the zone sports network every day on the big show what? gordon and what? jake want to keep you up to date on all the action all the newsmakers and all the big opinions on the zone sports network this is what's going on on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Oh, what's going
1: on? What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? Yeah, what's going on? What's going on?
2: Oh, what's going on? what's going on? Right on. Oh. Right on. Right on. Oh. <laughs> Big show. Time for What's Going On. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, Brought to you by s and Roofing, your locally owned roof repair experts, for a free quote and for all of your roofing needs, call S&S Roofing.
3: Are you prepared, Gordon, for what's going on? I am. I am sitting here absolutely 100% ready.
2: Uh, of course, our, our community had a loss over the weekend. Mark Eaton passed away at the age of 64. Uh, here's a bit of DJ and PK uh, talking about Mark
1: I think there's a good reason the Jazz aren't blowing this team out right now. Uh, These guys are riding emotional highs. They won a game they weren't supposed to win when they beat the Warriors, and they're in a playoff series they're not supposed to be in, and John Moran's
4: incredible. Use the open mic. Use our app. Use the open mic feature. Send us your audio. If you're at work, we don't mind a little construction noise in the background. Whatever. Send us your take. DJ PK brought to you in part by Mountland Supply. Join Scotty and Hands at Mountainland Supply's Customer Appreciation Day tomorrow from ten to two at fifteen oh five West One Thirty South in Orm. Free Street Tacos, appearances by the Diesel Brothers and Rulon Gardner, and free hats and T-shirts. Stop by. All right, P.K., we will uh, talk more about the playoffs in just a moment, but I think we want to take a, a moment. We both got to know Mark Eaton when we moved here, and uh, he passed away suddenly, unexpectedly, tragically. Uh, how are people going to remember Mark Eaton? And you put that up on Facebook, and we just got a a ton of replies. So many people, casual interactions with him around town, the rare jazz player who, who stayed here. <clears throat> And stayed here for, uh, for years. Monty says, seeing him at Costco and realizing how huge he was. Yeah. Meeting him at his restaurant, Tuscany. Very nice guy. A lot of comments like that. Larry says, I was standing in line at the Silver Creek Junction gas station. And he walked over and stood by me. I turned around and couldn't believe how tall he was in person. Yeah, if you haven't been around that type of height, it's eye-catching.
1: Uh, when I first started covering basketball college and pro it was eye-opening to me and Then I got used to it because they are so tall even the average guy in the NBA is way taller than the average guy in a street you go on a street you know I'm 5'11 most guys are like my height right maybe an inch or two taller or smaller but you get around them and they're extremely tall but I think he's the ultimate jazz man When you look at it, I don't know that there represents what the Jazz are about better than Mark Eaton. Because he was a great player, defensive player of the year, all-star, jersey retired. So you had all those accolades out on the floor. But he was also a big-time community guy, just like your neighbor, your brother, whomever. And he made his home here. And he was around and he was with, even if it wasn't official, you listen to Rudy Gobert talk about him, and you listen, you watch Gobert post pictures of the two of them mm-hmm. uh, receiving with uh, when Rudy got his defensive player of the year and Mark had his trophy, but yeah, and then they're up, uh, uh, he lived up at Jeremy Ranch, I think, and so they're up there. And so I don't know that there's a better player who is a better representative than what the Jazz are about the poster guy, I think really
4: was and is Mark Eaton. You know, for the... uh, And there have been a handful of guys who've just come through with just a ton of talent. um, But the players who are Self-made, who struggle, um, the they can be the Cinderella story. The fans really pull for. Yeah, Joe Ingles and is the latest example. Joe Ingles is the latest example, right? Uh, there was a time it was Raja Bell. It was a if you come through town with too much talent. I love watching you, but can't really relate relate to that. You're just too good. You're too gifted. Mitchell. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. And I think if you go back, kind of parallel to Mark Thurl Bailey, because Thurl stayed in town and had a gazillion positive interactions with a lot of people and people have all the warm feelings and all that stuff. But like Thurl, Thurl was really good, you know, and to be that good and that athletic at that size. Just a different deal. That's well, you know, I don't know. Was the lottery pick? Was that even a term when Thurl came out? I don't think it was. That was pre-lottery. He would have been one of the last couple of drafts yeah, before Thurl's that. Yeah, Thurl's a good example
1: because he has remained in the community. He was gone, played overseas a yeah. little bit, uh, whereas Mark was here, played his entire career here, retired, stayed here, uh, opened up businesses, did a lot in the community, and that's what I think a lot of folks feel personal. When you saw that, what was it? Uh, was it Saturday, yeah. He, he, he heard the news and was like, what? That's that's not true. What are you talking about? That just it can't possibly be true. Uh, but yet it was, and it is. And he's gone from us now. And first and foremost is his family, obviously. But he left he left a lasting impression that in in time. Whenever that time is individually for his children and, and family, that the, uh, hopefully they can realize that the impact that he had was pretty much as much as anybody who've ever has ever played. You know, the Larry Miller, I think, probably number one. I mean, obviously he wasn't a player, uh, but beyond that, I think you got to put Mark Eden right there.
2: All right, there you go. DJ and PK talking about the loss uh, of Mark Eaton. And I think it did hit home with a lot of people because he really became a member of our community in a lot of different ways, an entrepreneur uh, entrepreneurial way, um, a very community-oriented. Gordon, back when I got started uh, on The Zone, of course, you and Bowler were doing the big show. Do you remember... Mark would do uh, an entire day of radio. It was a radiothon for Mark did for. Uh, I can't, I'm trying to remember. It was his own charity, but I'm trying to remember what it benefited. But uh, he would hang out from morning show until the end of your show with Bowler and do a radiothon. I think he did it for two days a year, and I mean it's just stuff like that. I mean, it, I think it does make it a little bit more personal when it's somebody who stayed and made his home here.
3: Yeah, I mean I had the occasion to spend some time with with Mark and I wrote about this when I found out that uh, it had happened, I wrote it Saturday morning and was posted. But uh and, and Jake, you and I have had occasion, like you just uh, talked about, uh to have Mark on the show and yeah, just a just a good, solid human being who had unbelievable dimensions. And uh, was a pretty good basketball player as well, and who loved here. Loved it here in Utah, and that's the thing about Mark. He was just an eminently decent man, and on top of that, when you're seven foot four, there's no place to hide. Everywhere he went. He stood out, and people would come up to him and talk to him and He was a people person, so he could handle that, and he would talk to him back and at least that was my experience with him in watching him interact with other people. I think he was one of those guys who saw himself as uh, just another another guy, yep and treated people the way they should be treated, and was certainly all these causes he was involved with with his youth foundation and trying to help kids who needed help and give them opportunities and get them excited about going to school, get them excited about playing some basketball, get them excited about about uh, dreaming big dreams. That was what Mark Eaton did, a huge part of this community. There's no doubt about that. His 64-years-old is not... He, It's too early too, young, too, yep. too early for him, and, uh, but uh, his impact was uh, bigger than the man.
2: Couldn't agree more. All right, let's move on. And what's going on to Hans and Scotty? They give their thoughts on Jazz Grizz Game 4.
5: It has been a long time, Hans, since I've been that impressed by the Jazz because you and I had had some conversations, and I think we're okay talking about this. Because you and I hinted it on the air, but off the air, we had a lot of conversations about our concerns for the Jazz throughout the course of the season. What happens when a team gets uber physical with them? Yeah. Really punches them in the mouth? Can they respond? This is—I don't want to call them a finesse team, but it is a team that's built uh, predicated on ball movement, on spacing. And when a team gets really physical and throws haymakers at you, can you respond? Because there's been a couple times throughout the course of the season, regular season, where the Jazz didn't respond well in those situations didn't happen often, but it happened a few times to the point where you thought, well, Hey, playoffs games, get more physical. They don't blow the whistle as much. It could be a problem. And in both those games in game, uh, in game three um, in Memphis, the Grizzlies had all the momentum, came back with about four minutes left in the game, took the lead, and the Jazz ended on a big run. Said, okay, that's what you got? All right, fine. Slammed the door shut. Last night, same thing, not quite to the same extreme. Memphis made a big run with about four minutes left to go, cut it within, what, two or three? Two. And it's like, oh boy, here we go again. And the Jazz, what did they do? They slammed the door shut again. It was incredible, it was impressive. It is, as my friend just texted me, Memphis is all bark, no bile. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They got nothing.
1: I'm ready for for the FedEx form to unleash its bile upon the Utah Jazz. To unleash the bile.
4: And I think everyone is. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah,
6: I was waiting for it. I was sitting out waiting for it. I think everyone is. Um, I tweeted out right after game three that I believed – that that game three was the best game that Mike Conley had played with the Utah jazz. Yes. I I know David Locke's going to be coming on. David Locke actually, uh, I think he retweeted it and said game two might have an argument for that. And game two could make an absolute argument. This whole series with Mike Conley has just been incredible, but Mike Conley game three on his old court in front of his old fans. Dealing with the aggression of Dylan Brooks, Br- Brooks put it upon himself to try to shake Mike Conley. That's what he wanted to yeah. just shake Mike Conley. And he wanted to show all the Grizzlies fans of who look who the new Conley is. Look who the new best guy is. That's me. And he put it on, on himself and he was in Mike Conley's face and doing everything he could to shake him. And Mike would not move. Just wouldn't move, wouldn't move mentally, wouldn't move physically, dropped a three in Brooks' face, stared down Brooks when it absolutely mattered. Mike Conley was getting the best of him. He ended up seven of ten from three in that game three. He ended up with eight amazing assists, which were, were clutch assists, 27 points. He pulled down six physical rebounds. And he ended up with a plus-16. He, he led both teams in the in the plus plus-minus category and never backed down. It was his best game, in my opinion. And I know it was just 27 points. But it was the all-encompassing aspects of this being the playoffs and what he did. And then last night, Scotty, I know that he only ended up with, I think it was 11 points last night or, or something, 11 or yeah. 12. Last night the two threes that he made one at the 5 minute mark and one at the 3 minute mark or or thereabouts yeah were the game changing moments because the jazz could not get a bucket in the fourth quarter i think they had eight or nine straight empty possessions nine nine straight empty possessions and mike conley finally comes down and knocks down a three the second one i think was even more impressive because John ja Morant was driving into the paint like Ja was doing or has yeah. been doing all or all series long, and Mike Conley positions himself, quick hands that ball, gets it out, takes it in transition, and ends up knocking down a three. I think it came off a high pick and roll. I think Mike, I think Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert were working in a high pick and roll, and and Mike scattered the court, and Donovan saw. I'm trying to remember who it was that was defending on top of Mike sloughed off over to help on the uh, high pick and roll Donovan pitched it out and Mike knocked it down just a beautiful possession a huge three Mike Conley has been the the X factor. he's been the factor yeah. so far for me in the jazz doing what they're doing against Memphis.
5: I tell you what, there's a guy that we have not been chatting about and is not getting the credit he deserves on how he's playing in this series. Uh, We'll talk about who that is coming up next right here on 97.5, 1280.
2: All right, there you go. That's Hans and Scotty talking about uh, last night's game. I do agree with Hans that uh, Mike has been absolutely key in this series, particularly games three and four. I know the box score didn't uh, jump out at you after game four, but it's when he did his damage. In game three, he was awesome.
3: Those time, the timing of those three pointers he hit, and that steal off of Morant was just that was veteran basketball right there, and Neil's uh, steel, <laughs> nerves of steel, and that's what the Jazz had in mind when they wanted Mike Conley on their roster. And really, we all know the story: the Grizzlies wanted to go young, and John Morant's a terrific talent, and this was a situation where both teams ended up winning. Right, both teams are getting what they wanted out of those players,
2: so I I joked uh, with Tim on the pregame show on, well I guess this would have been yesterday. Um, it's it's you you can't write a better story than Mike Conley over the past couple of years because first of all he parted ways with the Grizzlies on good terms, which almost never happens, and it's because of circumstance there. And the community loved him back there, right? Where but, but they didn't have a reason to turn on him right like, Gordon Hayward leaves Utah and uh, you know he could have been the nicest guy on the planet the fan base is going to sour on him but he happened to get injured the franchise bottoms out they get a chance to draft a franchise player Mike wants to go on move on to a contender anyway as Noah you know in, doesn't want to stick around for a rebuild I mean everything worked out so that it's this you know daffodils and sweet pickles moment when he leaves you know and the Jazz get him and it takes a year for him to get comfortable less than a year actually but you know, it takes a while for him to get comfortable, and there's some ups and downs and some injuries, and the fan base is not sure, you know, does he have anything left in the tank? And then all of a sudden it clicks, and he has this all-star season for the first time in his career at 33, and then lo and behold, matches up against his old team in the playoffs. Every and
3: day is daffodils and uh sweet pickles. And, and the in- very player who he was...
2: Going head-to-head. You head. I mean, it's it's <laughs> it's almost like it's fiction, right? It's yeah. almost like somebody sat down and it's like a screenplay where, like, you're, you're just all these bizarre circumstances. But that's that's exactly what great game three was. It culminated in this going back to the, the floor that he's so familiar with, Gordon, and going head-to-head head with the new guy and absolutely uh, having one of the best games of his whole
3: career. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and he, there was the other game when he had, like, 15 assists, right? Yep. I and mean, so he is— His story is a great one. It's my whole point. It's a great story. He's making an impact. He's making a difference in this series for the Utah Jazz, and and you know they mentioned the stare down after he hit the one three uh, with uh, with Dylan Brooks, and that shows you Mike Mike Conley is universally respected by players all across the NBA. And he's won sportsmanship awards, and he's won awards for best teammate, all that stuff. But don't mistake that for timidity. I mean, this guy is a competitor, and you saw it in that moment. He turned around and stared down Dylan Brooks like, hey, brother, what are you going to do about that? And that shows you that uh, he's got a fire in the belly, and he's helping lead the Jazz, no doubt.
2: Like I Like that? I like his – I don't disagree with your, your fire-in-the-belly take because I, I, I think you're accurate. But I, I think one place that he's really benefited this team, though, is his consistency in – I mean, he's, he's – what, what's the cliche you want to use, Gordon? He's, he's the consummate professional. He's like a lunch pail guy. He's got that attitude. Like, we've heard him interviewed after tough losses. We've heard him interviewed after big wins. And his message always seems to be consistent and rational. And yeah. even keeled, uh-huh, right? Yeah. Even when he was going through his struggles last year, and he'll admit to you that it didn't feel so even keeled, but his messaging was still even. You know that's what he that's what he puts out into the world. Like to Dylan Brooks, you know you're gonna try and headbutt me or whatever, but I'm still gonna hit a big shot in your face, and maybe I'll give you a little stare down, and you'll know what's <laughs> going on. But it's not mm, it's not out of character per se. So I agree the fire's there, but I think one of his best attributes is that he's been there, done that, uh, I-know-what-it-takes kind of messaging, I think, is a real
3: positive one. And yet he's always sort of been that way, mm-hmm. and and that's respected. It's respected around the league, and you have uh, young up-and-comers who are trying to prove a little something to him, and uh, he has risen to the occasion.
2: Uh, Mikey tweets in, he says, daffodils and sweet pickles. Yeah, I did that for Gordon, because Gordon— that was a bit from years ago.
3: Yeah, I'll awesome yeah. well, simply somebody it. Are you starting to feel asked. about
2: it? What's that? Somebody just tweeted me and asked about it, so I'm answering. Oh, oh,
3: okay. okay. Every day is daffodils and uh, sweet pickles. Which makes no
2: sense, I know, but I was referring to a Gordon Monson what deep I mean, it cut. It makes toast. no sense. It makes perfect
3: sense. Usually people say rainbows and sunshine, and <laughs> Gordon just beats to a different drum. Yeah, daffodils and and sweet pickles makes no sense. It makes perfect sense. Why do you want to go with the cliché? Yeah,
2: but the cliché makes sense.
3: (laughs) Like what? Like I've never had a great day and went, whew, that was like daffodils and sweet pickles. Well, everybody likes daffodils and everybody likes sweet pickles. I don't like sweet pickles. You're not a pickle guy? Nope. I like pickles. I don't like sweet pickles. I have a mild allergy to all pickles. Do you? Really? Yeah, Yeah, it's the cucumber thing. Are, do you have an allergy to cucumbers? Yeah. It's the cucumber thing. Any other vegetables? Well, a lot of them. Like but what? Yeah. A lot. of yeah, No one cares about that. No, I just wonder. Daffodils That's... and sweet pickles. No one's ever said that before. No one will ever say it again, and you own it. <laughs> You're well, the Maya Angelou of sports writing. Everybody likes daffodils, right? And I thought everybody likes sweet pickles. You like daffodils, Jake? Well, one, they're sweet, and they're pickles. So, yeah. It works.
2: Don't like sweet pickles and are so indifferent about daffodils. It doesn't.
3: You don't like flowers, but, but the
2: the the flower makes sense because the imagery is something of positive and light and and happy, whereas nobody identifies that with sweet pickles. Sweet pickles are good. Are good. Yeah. So is uh, like. Mm. <laughs> so is uh, let me think here.
0: Crème brûlée.
2: So <laughs> so is curry. But nobody associates that with, like, I'm having a a great day.
3: Curry's too divisive. Some people don't like it. Lots of people don't like sweet pickles. Really? Including two out of the three of us? Two out of three of us. You guys are just being objectionable. I really don't care for sweet pickles. Have you ever really tried them?
2: Many times. My grandmother has a great sweet pickle recipe, which I like more than... Most sweet pickles, but all more. right. Do you want me to
3: say grandma's sweet pickles? No,
2: because there's still. I would still take a dill
3: pickle over. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, next time I'll try and shape it just for you. No need. It just doesn't make sense. It does make sense to most people. It really does. If doesn't. I were to put out there a poll question to all our listeners out there, do you like sweet pickles? See, the thing is that I like all pickles. But that's not the I point. I like pickles. I like dill pickles. I like sweet pickles. I like those in-between pickles, whatever they are. Hey, you're not. Uh, the old in-between pickle.
2: Okay, so my wife uh, is weighing Ever in. Been she in a pickle? She just texted me. Count her among the people that don't like sweet pickles. And then she also adds that daffodils are a weed, are they not?
3: Oh ho, ho. no! No, that's dandelion. Oh, right?
2: okay. She said. Actually, she just texted me. She said, "Never mind. She's picking <laughs> another flower." But there you go. That's uh, my wife doesn't care for sweet pickles. But again, it's the imagery. It's not your personal taste. No, I
3: mean, but the imagery is good because it's all daffodils no, and Alfa Romeos. It no, doesn't work no, that way. No, because it's got a sweetness to it. A sweet pickle. Yeah. Why not just a normal pickle? Because sweet makes it sweeter. So it makes. Uh, it why not go not, with it,
2: sweet peas? It makes no sense. I. Well, agree.
3: I, I could have done that.
2: Or sweet corn.
3: Yeah, I could have done that too. Uh, no, that, neither one of those would have made any sense either. <laughs> you Guys, one, you're being too literal. Two, you're weird for not liking sweet pickles. Well, we can't always control
2: our own destiny, can we? Oh, <laughs> please. Oh, here, let
3: me slam the do- my All head right. in the door.
2: Out to the zone phone uh, we my... go, joining us now from Wasatch Medical Clinic. He's our friend Andrew Reinhardt. And, uh, Andrew, a lot of folks out there dealing with ED, and you're here to help.
7: We are here to help. Uh, We've got locations in Murray, also in St. George, and helping a lot of guys uh, with erectile dysfunction, particularly guys that don't want to start taking pills or they want to get off of them. Uh, A lot of supplements out there, I've noticed, that don't really work. A lot of guys using injections, and they all cause side effects, and they don't actually treat the problem. So guys are taking more and more of it over and over Uh, They're stressing about when it will work, if it will work. And our wave therapy is uh, so good at repairing the blood vessels. It uses gentle pressure waves that kind of like breaking down a muscle in the gym. We build the blood vessels up stronger uh, and you get more blood flow, better circulation. That's what it's all about. That's what ED is. It's just a lack of blood flow.
2: And the side effects from the pill are are not fun. The hangover effect, that can't be good.
7: Yeah, that's what a lot of guys get is almost flu-like symptoms the next day, headaches, blurred vision. They don't feel great. And as their body builds up a tolerance to the pill, they have to take more of it. I have not, I can't believe in the medical world we have something like this, but I cannot believe there's no side effects with acoustic wave.
2: All right, we, we lost Andrew. Uh, here's the number to call. You can get in and see the doctor for free, get a free evaluation. They'll also hook you up with a little bonus item that uh, works immediately. Here's the number to call, 801-901-8000, 801-901-8000, and just get in there and see if it's, uh, if it's a good fit. If it's not, you can walk away, uh, no problem. But 801-901-8000, Wasatch Medical Clinic, 801-901-8000.
0: What time is it? It's half past the hour and time to talk Utah Jazz. Oh, Donovan! This is your Jazz at 30 update. Ring the 30-point bell. Bell. Bell.
2: Bell. All right, the Jazz have a three games to one lead in their best-of-seven playoff series with the Memphis Grizzlies. They won last night, 120-113. to Donovan Mitchell had 30 points to lead the Jazz in the win and said after the game he likes winning but says the team needs to tighten things up.
4: It's all our mental. They're a team that's never gonna quit. Up thirty, down thirty, it doesn't matter what quarter it is. And you know, hats off to them for that. But the biggest thing is when you have a team that's always gonna be aggressive, always trying to continue to fight. We gotta be smart with the basketball. Too many times tonight, you know, I know we won, but too many times tonight, you get up nine, ten, we get careless. I throw a cross court a baseball pass, turnover, at least two or three. We had another one where it's just a stupid pass. Like those are the, those are the things that you gotta nip in the butt. Those are the mental stuff. And we fixed it. We executed through it, and it didn't end up hurting us. But you wanna be the team want to be that's going to be the game you know for, uh, throughout, the, throughout
2: the playoffs the series now flips back here to Vivian Arena for game number 5 coming your way tomorrow night tip off will be at 7.30 Pre-game coverage right here on the zone begins at 6.30 this update brought to you by our friends at Mountain Land Supply
1: This
2: one goes out to Chadwick. Welcome on back to the Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott on a Total Request Tuesday. Pain songs. Want to remind you to join Hanson, Scotty and Mountain Land Supplies Customer Appreciation Day from 11 to 1 on uh, 1505 West, 130 South in Orem. Uh, They've got free street tacos, an appearance by the Diesel Brothers and Rulon Gardner, free hats and uh, T-shirts as well. So uh, go hang out with uh, Hans and Scotty and uh, the good folks there at uh, Mountain Land Supply. And that is uh, tomorrow, by the way. Wasn't on the liner, but it seems like important information. It's happening Tomorrow. Uh, Gordon, uh, you got a little uh, college football something something
3: for us. Uh, it's not really college football anymore, but uh, football. Excuse me. Chris Sims has his uh, podcast, whatever he does, and he said that he uh, he makes a list of the top ranking of the forty quarterbacks in the NFL, and he uh, at number forty he has Case Keenum, thirty nine Justin Fields. 38, Trey Lance. Wait, are we going to count this all the way down? No. 37, Kellen Mond. uh, 36, Marcus Mariota. 35, Tyrod Taylor. 34, Tua. 33, Drew Locke. 32, Teddy Bridgewater. 31, Jared Goff. 30, Mac Jones. 29, Andy Dalton. 28, Trevor Lawrence. Twenty-seven, Zach Wilson. So he has Zach ahead of Trevor Lawrence. What I don't get about this really is, and there's a little capsule under each name, and this is what he says about Zach Wilson. He says. I'm all in on Zach Wilson. He's my guy. Of course, I love Trevor Lawrence, but Zach Wilson, he's just got an appeal to my eye that the other quarterbacks did not have in this draft. His talents are special. I think his throwing is out of this world special. I think he's one of those guys, if you talk to people who have seen him in person, it's always, whoa, the ball explodes. Incredible athlete, can really run. I love Zach Wilson's talent. I like his moxie. He's got Rodgers, Mahomes-ish type qualities that really pop out. And I think it's the perfect marriage with the Jets. So he ranks him at 27. Obviously, he hasn't done anything in the NFL yet. But then he talks about him like he's an all-pro. This is the same
2: guy was saying the same stuff before the draft that you brought up, right? Right. He has been and saying so, this consistently. So he's, but
3: I thought two things interesting uh, about this listing. One is that he's 27 out of 40 without ever having taken a snap. And two, he's one slot ahead of Trevor Lawrence, according to Chris.
2: Who has also done nothing. So, therefore, these types of rankings are really something. Because Jared F. Goff... Was, has been to a Super Bowl. <laughs> that is a, that is a slap in that dude's face. And by the way, last year, Jared Goff, who couldn't even throw, won his team a playoff game. <laughs> he was so hurt, he could not throw, and he won his team a playoff game. And yet this um, hmm. Hmm. never was, has the audacity <laughs> yeah, wait, wait. He to—, played the, to uh, He played in the NFL for eight years, sort of. This never was, has the audacity to to rank two rookies who haven't even done a mini camp ahead of a guy who was in the Super Bowl, what, two years ago? Yeah. I think that tells you everything you need to know about these particular rankings. So you think this sort of thing is just shtick? That this guy wanted Gordon Monson to click on it? Yeah, that's that's what I think. All right. Right? I mean, you I yourself know. agree I with think, my logic think, there that think, they haven't
3: even played. Yeah, right. I I think people's opinions are interesting to hear. Where would this Bozo have had Marcus Mariota
2: his rookie year? And I, where does he I, have I, him now? I have well, now he has him at exactly. 36. Probably had him above Aaron Rodgers when he came out. <laughs> oh man, the comparisons. Tua is, and by the way Tua plays 1 year and now he's what did you say, 40th, 37th? He
3: is. Tua is uh, 34th.
2: <laughs> Less than a calendar year ago. Actually, more now, I suppose. Tua was the the savior
3: of the NFL. <laughs> so these, so, these so essentially get, what you're just, saying is, why would anybody care about
2: this? No, I don't mean to be saying that because I'm not coming at you. You're just relaying the information that... That well, caught BYU your fans eye, would
3: probably be they, interested in hearing
2: the man's opinion.
3: Because they will they
2: love anybody who's gonna love up their own guy. I get it. But these rankings just
3: Well, there's no, for, there's for no those logic reasons, there's no real logic to it. you know, it's an numerical listing.
2: Then why are why are people Why do people pay attention to it so closely?
3: Because people are interested. BYU fans are interested in how how
2: people view Zach Wilson. I'm talking about more in general, I guess, than than this particular circumstance, because I certainly understand that. Well, you're the one who likes polls. (laughs) But come on, polls are fun. (laughs) There's some science involved in polling. Oh, there's I there's like polls. Oh. Statistics are really? involved oh, in polling. Yeah, but there's data involved in polling. Oh, this is now so. you're going to say those are
3: scientific? Come on! It still comes down to oh wow, we love Notre Dame, so we're putting them higher. Oh.
2: Fun. No, 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 no. I'm I'm talking about I guess uh, polling in general. Like statistical polling and those sorts of things. There are there the there, there's some ground to it. this is just some bozo's opinion that <laughs> exactly. he pulled out of his backside. But I'm I'm more talking about we, we get obsessed with like like the mock draft situation has become its own sports industry. And these are just people who have no idea about anything, who just place players willy-nilly based on uh, what they ate for breakfast in the morning. I understand that. And yet we can't get enough of it. But
3: still, NFL personnel experts were the ones that picked them second.
2: You're missing my point. I'm not bagging on Zach Wilson. I'm saying that why— do we consume this stuff so much? Why do we put so much well, weight Well,
3: why do people listen to our show? We
2: express opinion throughout. Right, right, right. But mock draft people put to mean something like, well, actually, in a lot of cases, like Mel Kiper and those guys who really are just pulling stuff out of their backside, their opinion actually sways uh, decision-making amongst college players, which is a dangerous game because they all of a sudden heft a lot of weight. But we wouldn't even care about who Mel Kiper was if there wasn't this thirst for rankings and where did they put my guy and my guy ahead of this guy, when really it's just invented nonsense.
3: Well, did, it's how it's much... opinion. I, I will consider people's—well, I guess it depends on if I agree with them or not. But, you know, people's opinion, I think, have some merit to them, at least worth considering. But do you have any idea how accurate these mock draft people uh, are? No, I wouldn't expect
2: them to be. But well, I we don't put... know. You
3: could go back and trace that stuff. And most people in the mock drafts had had Zach Wilson going second to the Jets. But, so they I mean, were right.
2: How, were, how accurate were they about round four? Mm, I don't know. I <laughs> but, yeah, we're jumping into them. And... Yeah, like, I don't, I don't know. You're right to a certain extent because it's creating content and there's a— a market for it, and I get it. But I mean, I guess what is? Who cares what this guy's opinion is? And and to put any stock into the fact that
3: they put two rookies over Jared Goff is well, just. I mean, it's someone's opinion, Jake. I mean, are you just dumping on opinion? No, that's what we do for a living: express
2: opinion. But I think a lot of people consume things like mock drafts as something more concrete than it really is.
1: Uh
3: I don't know. I you know, I, I th- Or these
2: rankings.
3: It well I mean, even the personnel people don't get it right. I mean, because who knows whether Zach Wilson is really gonna light it up in the NFL. Although it is interesting when you list people like Wilson and Lawrence and uh and uh Trey Lance and Justin Fields. I mean, these guys, like you said, haven't played a game yet. Uh it, and it it is part of the part of the uh, mechanism he has here to draw people's eyes or their ears. And it works. I mean, people are interested to know what folks think. That Why do you think they watch all these shows where guys are expressing their opinion about certain players? It, will, it does set the table for fascination, I think, once the NFL season starts because Zach Wilson, I mean, he's got a real opportunity to be a starter for the Jets. And what's going to happen to him? We, we just don't know. But we saw him here. So the kid goes from Corner Canyon High School to BYU. Suddenly he's a big name in New York. And uh, there's going to be a lot of pressure on him. And he knows that. John Beck has, has prepared him for that. So we'll see how it goes, whether he can pick up the pro game, uh, be able to read those defenses, those sophisticated defenses, and be able to perform the way he needs to in order to – Make that what did he signed a twenty-two million dollar bonus, something like that. So I I don't know. I, I I think fans here, BYU fans in particular, are interested in folks' opinions about
0: Zach.
2: All right, stay tuned. We'll have the Not Sports Report next, 97.5 and twelve eighty, the
0: Zone. <laughs> Number one. Thank you to all of you that continue to make the Zone Sports Network Utah's highest-rated, most-listened-to sports station. Your home for the best coverage of the teams you're passionate about is right here, 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Check this out. And now, your not-sports report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
2: Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. Time for the Not Sports Report. Brought to you each and every day by our friends at uh, the Larry H. Miller Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles in inventory. Check them out online, lhmusedcars.com. Gordon, where are we going today?
3: I've got two things today, Jake. Bonus. The first one is just a stupid story out of Tennessee. Apparently thieves... broke into a Harley Davidson dealership Uh, well they tried to escape with the bikes and three of them got away but two of them a guy tried to drive the motorcycle through the door (laughs) and it got (laughs) stuck it got stuck and the other guy was stuck behind him so they couldn't get away and they were last seen running away on foot. <laughs> so we're gonna—I mean, if we're gonna try and steal a motorcycle, make sure you can get the motorcycle out of the store. Not that I'm giving advice. When I was a
2: kid, and I was quite young at the time, but it's still a very vivid memory. I had to be like seven or eight, something like that. Uh, was with my old man, car shopping, and uh, the the dealership was on a. Uh, it was, like, raised. I don't know if it was second story, but there it was, It was like, on a hill or something, so it was uh, a little bit raised, right? Uh. And it had these big windows in the show, showroom. And there was a kid playing in one of the cars. And I guess the keys were in there or something, but all of a sudden the car turned on and right straight out that window and landed right in front of the car dealership. My old man was sitting there watched the whole thing. Was the kid okay? The kid was okay. Obviously extraordinarily shocked. But, yeah, the, the car was a little worse for wear, and the window
3: didn't come through very well, but uh, that happened. All right. The second story I have here, Jake, do you – I you know, you like to vacation in the Carolinas, uh, go to the Outer Banks sometimes. So the Atlantic hurricane season is probably somewhat meaningful to you. What do you mean by meaningful? Well, I mean it affects your vacation sometimes.
2: Yeah, and has more than once, yeah.
3: Well – Apparently, uh, last year, there was like a record number of storms that were named, 30 or something like that. This year, I have in front of me a list of the 21 storm names. And the reason this is relevant to right now is that June 1st is usually the official start of the storm season. Right. So, here's the list of names. All right. See what you think of these. Anna. Bill. Bill. I just think that's funny, naming a storm bill. Uh, Claudette, Danny, Elsa, Fred, Grace, Henri, as in Henry, uh, Ida, Julian, Kate, Larry, Mindy, Nicholas, Odette, Peter, Rose, Sam, Teresa, Victor, and Wanda. So you can look forward to hearing about those hurricanes and tropical storms as they uh, they are <laughs> they're granted these names. But I just think, oh, hurricanes. Gordon's fun facts. Hurricane fun facts with Gordon. Hurricane Bill is coming. Winds are blowing. I just, why do we name these storms anyway? I don't know, but there's not a lot funny about hurricanes. <laughs>
2: I don't think somebody is like, yeah, but it had a funny name. I mean, we're about to talk to Andrew, Hurricane Andrew, very serious storm. Yes, that was a big storm. <laughs> right. So Did, I don't,
3: I don't know what you're getting at here. Well, but, these this is just the list of na- names that they that the uh, the uh, let's see who makes this decision, uh, the National Hurricane Center. So I don't know. I don't know why we name uh, these storms. I hope Hurricane Bill goes over. With little damage. Uh, does Andrew feel – Andrew, are you there?
4: Andrew, I'm here. Our friend Andrew you, from Wasatch you, Medical. How friendly. do
3: you feel about, like, one of the most destructive hurricanes in history hearing your name?
7: Yeah, I remember that, actually. I don't remember how old I was, but that was a bad one. I was probably a teenager. Was that 20 years ago?
3: Yeah, yeah at least. least. Yeah.
7: Yeah, I was probably a teenager. Yeah, that was a crazy time.
2: Well. Thank you for that, Gordon. We appreciate it. Let's well,
3: know, uh, what do you mean? I don't, that's I still don't interesting. Know.
2: You just said Hurricane Bill and chuckled. I don't understand what's well, funny. Uh, it's not, I mean, just I don't know why we name storms. I know? don't either. But I, I do know why people call Wasatch Medical Clinic, because they're tired of putting up with erectile dysfunction and tired of the pill and the other treatments, isn't that right, Andrew?
7: Yes, they are. Uh, there are thirty years of pills out there. Since the early 90s, guys have taken the pill for ED. Uh, A lot of guys, shocking number of guys using injection, frankly. And I don't know anybody that wants or enjoys these items. We at Wasatch Medical, we're using this advanced. It's the only proven type, actually. Acoustic wave therapy. It delivers gentle pressure waves into the blood vessels. And you can kind of envision those blood vessels softening up and regrowing. That is a great thing. They dilate better, and it's clinically proven to improve circulation. A great thing for any guy, and good things happen in the bedroom when we improve the blood flow. We can uh, treat the root cause problem of the ED now.
2: And it's just a a few short treatments. Like you could get uh, really back to, you know, turn back that clock in a couple of weeks.
7: Absolutely. Guys that are starting the treatment, let's say today, can be done in three weeks some in two and a half. So mid to late June, let's call it end of June, you could be done with these treatments, done with the pills, uh, done with the erectile dysfunction. That's a pretty short window.
2: 801-901-8000. That's the number to call. Get on the schedule. And really, you guys are taking the risk out of this for our listeners.
7: We are. uh, There's a lot for free. And by the way, no obligation. You can come in, take the free, and that's where it ends if you'd like. We don't mind. It's the assessment, the exam, the blood flow ultrasound with our doctor uh, that will analyze whether your ED is a blood flow issue or something else. And you get a little special gift that produces immediate results in the bedroom. You'll love that. Uh, all of it is no charge.
2: 801 901 801-901-8000, Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you, guys. Bowler joins the show next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.